High Noon. This is News Talk. Welcome back to High Noon here on News Talk with Kira Kelly. It is that time of the week. It's Thursday, so it must mean Bill Hughes is in studio and he's going to bring with him this week's essential song. Oh, I'm excited. What do you have for us this week, Bill? <laughs> Kira, I'm going back to 1981. Mm. Um, a wonderful song that was released. Now, the song was actually written back in 1964 and the song is Tainted Love. Oh, I love this. The version I'll be featuring will be Soft Cell. But it was written back in 1964 by a guy called Ed Cobb. And it was given to a woman called Gloria Jones. And she released it in 1964 as the B-side of a single. And it wasn't very well uh, received. But an English DJ, uh, Richard Sterling, Sterling was was in in the States in 1973. And at that stage, the song was nearly 10 years old and he found it in a, you know, one of those record stores like a a bin, a remainder bin, a vinyl, Mm -hmm. brought it back. It became a huge hit, the original, this Gloria Jones one on the in of Northern Soul up on the northern dance scene in north of England. But it was very... um, what would you call it? It was very Motown. It was I, I full of brass of and full of all that kind of stuff. This version. And the next thing, um, the producer who brought it to Soft Cell, he said that uh, he was kind of surprised by their choice because he didn't like, he said, that dance one is so frantic. You can smell the coke on that Northern Soul version. Uh, it's really overramped, v- frantic. It's good for the dance floor, but I don't like the record. When Soft Cell performed the song, I heard a very novel sound, a very nice voice. So off we went. And so that's what happened. Now, Soft Cell had got a limited record deal and they released their first single, Memorabilia. Memorabilia is now hailed as a classic of synth pop, but it didn't chart. And so the record company told them that they'd be getting their P45 if their next single didn't chart. And so for their next single, they chose... Uh, Tainted Love and decided to do this completely different synth stripped down version. And it was Mark Almond who came up with the <laughs> that comes up at this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was I'm already that. excited. I'm already getting excited. And so, but Ed Cobb, the, the writer guy, it's, it's kind of funny because his career ended as a, a writer and he became a record producer and a sound engineer for Fleetwood Mac, Steely Dan and Pink Floyd. Wow. And he did continue writing and he earned 32 gold and platinum albums, three Grammy Award nominations. In his private life, he was a champion horse breeder. He was the president of the Idaho Racing Commission. Quite a character. But he died relatively young of leukaemia back in 1999 when he was only 61. Ah. So that was it. Anyway, Soft Cell, they got together it was Mark Almond uh-huh. and instrumentalist David Ball. And when you think back, they had a great little career in their four years of Starburst. They had 10 top 40 hits. Tainted Love, Torch. Now, one of my favourites, Say Hello, Wave mm, Goodbye. Me too. Do you like that? I do. Uh, what? And Bedsitter. 
Bedsit Land, Bedsit they were all huge for them. Um, and their songs have in turn gone on to be covered by people like Nine Inch Nails, David Gray and Aha. They, so, were, they were cool, they weren't. Oh, they, they were I mean, so I, I, cool. I, I can, I, I'm a child of the 80s and I would have had Soft Cell written on my pencil case and also on my school bag and all that kind of stuff. And I remember this song bursting onto the scene, Tainted yeah. Love. And just... Do you remember how it burst onto the scene? How did a person seen remind They me. went on top of the pops dressed in patent leather and it created an absolute sensation. And that was in the days when top of the pops really made a difference. And one performance on top of the pops and two weeks later they were number one. So from being told they were getting their P45 if they didn't have a success, they were number one within two That's weeks. That's a great life lesson, from isn't just it? being <laughs> outrageous. They decided to both be just outrageous. And Amund was a little bit out- outrageous. Oh, um, he's, he's a lot outrageous. If we if we listen to the song and then if we talk about Mark Amund, oh, because yes, I want to tell you about his career because he's fab. Okay. So. That brings me right back. I love that. It's a great track, isn't it? Yeah, I was just remembering boys with eyeliner there fondly. Um, <laughs> but with Soft Cell, you know the two lads, uh, Mark Amond and David Ball, they met at Leeds Polytechnic and uh, they they borrowed money from David Ball, Bell's, uh, Ball's mother and she gave them then a fortune. She gave them £2,000. 
and they went off and they got a two track recorder and they made 2000 vinyl albums that they released like privately to people. With, uh, with there no are record no record deal. Wow. If you are a listener and you've got your hands on one of those <gasps> vinyl, there were only 2000, but they've tracked that there may be only 20 in existence. They're worth a fortune. Really? They are worth a fortune. Oh, do let us know. So that's why boot we'll sales are so you. great. <laughs> boot sales are brilliant because that's where people find stuff like that. And, you know, the thing was that the, the, getting a record deal, they, the, the record company were so unsure of them that they released them on an album made up of new acts that they thought might just break. And so they put them with Depeche Mode. Wow. <laughs> the, the and Blamange. Amazing. And they tried them out on some bizarre a mix and um, yeah, that took off. Anyway, let's talk about the marvellous Peter Mark Sinclair Almond, who I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, yeah, he's a, um, he's a rock star. He's a yeah. pop star. We saw him in the early noughties uh, in a concert, a solo concert in the Bowery Ballroom in New York. And he, the show opened, the curtain went up and there was a glass case and he was like one of those magicians uh, trapped inside the glass case in suspended animation. And the next thing from inside the glass, from behind his back, he took out a hammer and he smashed his way out of the glass There's and then came dancing across the stage. The New York audience just went completely nuts. You know, he was like, he's fantastic. But he was born in 1957 uh, and he he has become known for this whole synth stuff. He he was born to Sandra Mary Deason, his mother, and Peter Johnson Clare Amond, a second lieutenant in the King's Liverpool Regiment. And he was born in Southport in Lancashire. And uh, when he was a kid, suffered terribly with bronchitis and asthma. And then at the age of 11, he started listening to John Peel. And that's where he started getting sophisticated notions of the sort of music that he could hear. And uh, the first album he bought was the the soundtrack to Hair on Broadway, the, the musical. And the first single he bought was The Green Man Alishi by Fleetwood Mac. Do you remember The Green I Man I do not Alishi? remember The Green oh, Man Alishi. Br- absolutely brilliant. And... Uh, he got himself into art school. He graduated with high honours, um, but he was always pushing the boundaries. And when he was in art school, he was making short films like in the style of Andy Warhol. And he was also doing these crazy theatrical pieces, one of which was called Zazu. And it was reviewed in the Yorkshire Evening Post and described as one of the most depressing pieces <laughs> that I have ever had the misfortune to see which Armand then refers to in his book as a success. Because <laughs> 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 the whole thing was to give offence. He reminded me because he was, he was someone who pushed boundaries and he had that sort of, he played on the sort of slightly androgynous thing and he was, he he. He was, you know, as you say, he came out in, in the in the in the black patent PVC and all that yeah. kind of stuff. He did remind me a little bit uh, of a slightly latter day David Bowie in, in, in that. Well, Bowie was a huge influence. Yeah. Huge influence. And Mark Bolan. Yeah, you and can see that too. funnily enough, Mark Bolan's girlfriend was, at the time of his death, 
was Gloria Jones who recorded the original Tainted the, the American Singer. What a small so it world. all becomes it's, it's circular. But just to give you some sense of his musical schizophrenia, in the house, his mother's favourite songs were Chris Montez, Let's Dance and The Twist by Chubby Checker. But his father was all the music of Dave Brubeck, Eartha Kitt. So he had two polar opposite influences going on in the house. And this is for a young kid growing up trying to figure out his musical identity. So then he was trying to see who to latch on to. So he was listening to people like Free and Jethro Tull, The Who, The Doors. And then on the John Peel show, he heard Ride a White Swan the T-Rex single and so that blew his mind and his whole obsession with Boland took over from there and uh, when uh, when they split uh, tainted, uh, Soft Cell Soft Cell managed to sell 10 million albums it's huge but Mark Almond went on to sell 30 million albums as a solo artist amazing and his first album was Vermin in Ermine <laughs> Which really gets his sense of humour. That came out in 1984, just after they'd split. It was produced by Mike Hedges and it featured the ensemble known as the Willing the Willing Sinners as his backing vocalist. And then he released an album that I love, Stories of Johnny from 1985. And the title track was a minor hit. But then Mother Fist and Her Five Daughters in 1987, also produced by Mike Hedges. And that won such acclaim. Ned Raget, who's one of the great musical writers, he said, Mother Fist embraces classical European cabaret to wonderful effect, more so than any American or English rock album since Bowie's Aladdin Zane mm. or Lou Reed's Berlin. So putting him up into yeah. that pantheon. And then... In 19, uh, or sorry, in 2004, Almond, Mark Almond was nearly killed. He was seriously injured in his mo- uh, in a motorbike accident near St. Paul's Cathedral in London. This. He was in a coma for weeks. He suffered two blood clots and had to undergo emergency surgery twice. He suffered serious head injuries, multiple breaks, fractures, a collapsed lung, damaged hearing. And after the accident, he suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder. And he began a very slow and determined sort of journey to get back on stage and into studio. So he was kind of indomitable. Uh, And then in 2007, he released an album of cover songs, Stardom Road. Get your hands on it if you can. Um, He told his life through cover songs, picking songs like I Have Lived by Charles Aznavour and Sinatra's Strangers in the Night and Kitsch by Paul Ryan. And the first new song that he'd written since the, the motorbike accident, Redeem Me, Beauty Will Redeem the World. So, you know, and then in 2007, he was uh, for his 50th birthday, he took over the stage of the Shepherd's Bush and did this big set uh, the, the Empire in London and did this big uh, performance uh, as a tribute to Mark Bolan, his teenage hero. And in the in that show, he got Mark Bolan's uh, widow. Uh, Gloria Jones to come up and do an impromptu of the original Tainted Love Tainted Love Ah amazing So you know he's he's good at he knows he knows showmanship Oh he does and he knows show business he also knows what will emotionally resonate with the audience and so he's he puts that out He's a brilliant singer you know. uh, Do you remember he did a duet with Gene Pitney Something's Got Something's Hold And that went to number one uh, But 
this, he's such a good singer. You know, it's that's, you mentioned Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Frank Sinatra is such a good singer. Not just having a good voice, a good singer, same as Elvis. Mm. Mark Ammon could connect with you when he sang. Yeah. And one of the, the, the benchmarks of that is who does he tour with and who has he toured with a number of times? Jules Holland. Jules Holland brings him on the road. Jules Holland don't play with fools. You know, he's like <laughs> Jules Holland only goes for the creme de la creme and Mark Almond is way up there and uh, really uh, looking back on the time that this came out uh, coming into the 80s yeah. with the whole period of glam rock coming yeah. to an end with the whole uh, backlash against disco like given the times and then suddenly these two fellas with synth pop in crazy patent leather clothes go on top of the pops and create an international sensation and Tainted Love went to number one in 17 countries. 17. 17 Amazing. countries. Smashed across the world. Uh, Liam and Cork says I think the Marilyn Manson version is brilliant don't dismiss it just because it's Manson. I didn't even know there was a Marilyn there Manson. There was and I hope he gets better. He, he got hurt the other day on stage something fell on him Marilyn Manson uh, during rehearsals for a concert. Um, I don't know what exactly, but but I, I saw in the paper somewhere that he wa- he wasn't well as Good a result. Lord. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, no, it is a truly uh, amazing song. And it was from that time. And that time does coincide with me entering my teens, that that burgeoning youth thing and, and all the excitement that you have when you're that age and you first embrace pop music. Uh, to me, it is one of the key songs from the early 80s. And you know that intro. The minute you hear yeah, that you intro, do. everybody feels good and everybody feels, oh yeah. And so a lot of people write off synth pop. But when you've got somebody like Idiots. Soft Cell and then you have, they transmogrify into Pet Shop Boys, you've just got great music. Well, it is great music and it actually is a brilliant song. I was actually quite excited. We're going to get to play it on the radio good. today. Thank you so much. As ever, Bill Hughes coming in with Essential Songs again because it's Thursday and we'll be talking to Bill, no doubt, next Thursday with another Essential Song. Uh, I'm afraid that is all we have time for today, though. My thanks now to Michael Quilligan on sound, Alex Russo, Kira Courtney and Siobhan McDonald producing and Mark Simpson editing. Uh, but from me, Kira, have a great day. Don't you leave me